And otherwise, we will continue in the book of Revelation. All right. So we are uh, seeing a bit of a last symbolic vision in Revelation. We've seen all of these images. Uh, We have seen uh, the woman who gives birth to the son and to the church. We have seen the dragon, this picture of Satan who seeks to devour the church and destroy her. We've seen the first beast, the amalgamation of the oppressive governments that seek to persecute the church. We've seen the second beast, the false prophet, who represents all the false teachings and all the deception that seeks to lead us away from Christ. And today, today we are looking at Lady Babylon. Lady Babylon, who I think is the most relevant of the visions to our our day and our age and our culture. As we've looked at some of these things, uh, we wouldn't be the first culture that you would say to that experiences a lot of persecution. All right. Uh, I'm biased, but I don't necessarily think there's a ton of false teaching in the church, uh, at least our church. Uh, but Babylon, this is the representation of the luxury, the indulgence, the draw of the world, of wealth, and of... Uh, seeking life in this world and the promises that it offers. Now, I did some statistic work. This is always fun. Uh, all right, so the United States, the wealthiest, the wealthiest country officially in the world, is, their economy is the, the most productive, the most abundant. Uh, now, the top, like the top earners per person, uh, most of the countries in that list are little tiny countries except for our country, which is on that list, and uh, just vastly outpaces so many other countries. Uh, all right, America makes up 31% of global net worth in the world. 31%. The median income nationally is $7,000. Now, globally, the median income is $2,800. All right, so we have to like, recognize, okay, this is, there's vast wealth here. Uh, if you're making $60,000 per year, you are in the top 1% of the world. All right. As we hear these things, uh, we have to recognize, all right, we are, we are saturated, like, saturated and surrounded by a culture of wealth. And we should not expect that we have nothing to, to hear when it comes to, to calls about the way that we live, the way that we use our money, the way that we think about it. Lady Babylon is a a huge temptation to us in our culture. And so we need to be ready for that. We need to think about it well. All right. So uh, as we look at this, we're going to look at who this is. Who is Lady Babylon? What is the temptation that she offers? What is her fate? And what should we do? Okay. So these four things, they're pretty practical questions. The what, who, what are we supposed to do about it? And ultimately, we are supposed to flee, flee from the riches of this world and seek a better city. To seek the riches that can be found in the grace of Christ alone. 
that we cannot earn and we cannot invest in in this life without great tragedy. So let's pray and let's uh, seek the Spirit's help in these things. Father, we thank you for the just the, the artistry and the the captivating nature of revelation that we could see through things that feel very mundane, but see them for their core, for what lies beneath, for the danger in them. And Father, I ask that you would help us uh, to have eyes opened to Lady Babylon all around us. And Lord, I ask that we would be repulsed, that we would, uh, that we would be wise and that we would seek a better country, Father, a better kingdom, a better place that can be found in Christ. Lord, would we not hear these words and, uh, and simply justify ourselves or, or leave forgetting what they said, but Father, would we put them into practice that we may be rich in the kingdom of heaven? Holy Spirit, would you change us and shape us? that we may more uh, enjoy all the blessings that we have found in Christ. Praise in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so first, all right, who is Babylon? All right, Babylon is the kind of the prototypical, this, the, the embodiment of the city of the world, this place of luxury and wealth. Verse 17. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of those whose sexual immorality, the dwellers on earth, have become drunk. All right, so once again, we see the arrival of these angels. We saw the judgments of last week, and now there is this judgment against, against Babylon, the great prostitute. It says she's seated on many waters. Later, it's going to tell us that those waters are all of the unbelievers. And what is this picture? It's this picture that, that the unbelieving world, they have built up and propped up this lady Babylon, this great city. That they are actually the foundation upon which she stands. And there's a sense in which they... They build her up for their own glory. It started all the way back in, in Babel. Babylon, we see the, the parallels here. That what is Babylon? Babylon is a, a testament to the glory of man, to the riches of man, to the things that man can create uh, against God and without him for their own namesake. kind of laughing in the face of God, pretending they have this kind of immortality before him. And what, what do the people do? The, the kings, they have committed sexual immorality with her, and the citizens of the earth, they have become drunk with the wine of her sexual immorality. All right, what does this mean? All right, this has nothing to do actually with sex. It doesn't have to do with sexual temptation. No, this is a picture this is a picture of indulging in 
the pleasures of this world and the values of this world and the riches of this world. And the parallel is, is, is that if you worship the beast, you gain entrance into this great city. And the point, the point is that there's a there's like the, the pimp who is the, the beast, the antichrist, all evil and death, and and he'll give you access to the chambers. We have this, this drug dealer who's giving you access to the drugs. And the picture here is that if, if you give in to the first beast, if you will put your faith and your life and your hope in the Antichrist, in man, in your own glory, in the kingdom of darkness, then you have access. You have access to this city and all of its luxuries and wealth and prosperity that comes with it. Now, John... John has experienced it. First, he hears it. He hears, okay, there's going to be this, this great prostitute upon the waters built up by the people, this great city. And then he turns and he sees, verse 3. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names. It had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hands a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. On her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman, drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Now, John, John is carried away in the spirit into the wilderness. Now, that should evoke for us a, an image. Where is that language used? When Jesus, Jesus is cast into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to experience temptation before Satan himself. And there are a number of temptations. The bread for hunger. Bread not given from God, but, but taken by sin. Or this, this assurance of, of love so that you would not need faith. But ultimately, what is the, the final temptation? That Jesus would, would receive all of the riches of this world, all of the kingdoms of darkness, if only he would bow down and worship Satan himself. Now, John is trying to tell us that, okay, Jesus was tempted and he was victorious, but now church you are going to be tempted in that same wilderness. Except this time, Satan has crafted a, a more enticing tempter, Lady Babylon. And he starts to describe her, that she is in, in scarlet and purple. She is clothed like royalty. And she's dripping with gold and with pearls and with jewels. And you have this picture that she is, she's bedazzled and she's, she's awe-inspiring. And yet, and yet, what does she, 
what does she really have? She has this this bloodthirsty, murderous intention. She is drinking the blood of the saints. She lives off of the, the death of the martyrs of Christ. And we see that in the end, how does she get her power? It looked like all of the people, all the unbelievers were propping her up. But no, behind that, all that is melted away. And what is the reality? She is sitting upon the beast himself. She rides the heads and the horns of the beast, the Antichrist. It's his agenda, his power that she serves. He's the one who's propping her up. That he might use her to draw in the nations to himself. Now, the saints, the saints are persecuted if they do not give in. In ancient times, that looked like this failure to, to go along with the economic system, to worship Nero and, and gain access into trade unions. And Now, what is, what is the temptation here? If this is the picture, what is the temptation? The temptation is to marvel. Look at, look at this next verse. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? Right, he marveled at Lady Babylon. Now, what is marveling? It's a sense of, of fear and awe. And ultimately, it comes towards very similar to worship. He's He's delighted even though it's also it's glorious and beautiful and powerful it's also evil and deceptive and there's this temptation to be drawn in all right i ask you do you ever marvel at lady babylon do you marvel at her at mansions of glory do you marvel at at the jewels and the gold you marvel at the designer labels and exotic cars? Do you marvel at the, the luxury yachts and the, the lives of people who, who have made alliances with Babylon? Do you drive through neighborhoods and, and stand in awe? Do you long for it? Do you scroll through looking at perfect houses and perfect outfits and perfect bodies and perfect people? Marveling at the, at the Lady Babylon in all of her glory and splendor. And then beyond that, what do we, we have to access, like, or ask ourselves, what, is, what are you willing to compromise to taste it? to enter into that kingdom, to enjoy that city. And we think like, okay, what do we justify? Ignoring the fact that may maybe we are entering Lady Babylon, but are just deceiving ourselves. Or what commandments are, are we called to obey, but instead we, 
we kind of put under the label of like, ah, oh, that's, that's the legalistic secondary stuff. I don't actually have to do that. I, I have freedom to do whatever I want with my money. Or maybe what persecutions do we kind of sidestep? Things that would put us out of sorts and out of, out of pace with our culture. But we, we go along so that we can look and feel normal. How do you marvel? How do we marvel? Now, the angel, the angel draws us back. He says, all right, what, why do you marvel? I'll tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with the seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers of earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. All right, so what is he like? He's saying, like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, stop marveling. Like, don't look at her in all of her beauty and her splendor. Like, look a little bit below. Do you not see the beast that she's riding on? Do you not realize this is the Antichrist? This is the one who seeks to destroy the church and seeks to draw away from Christ? And he has this name for him, the one who, who was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. Now, I love this. This is, this is the, the name of Christ, which was presented earlier, the one who was and is and is to come. Now, that, that picture is that the Christ was, was from eternity. And he is. He is Lord and he is Savior and he is King. And he's reigning right here and now, even though you cannot see it. And he is to come. He is to come as the ultimate judge and his ultimate victor. The king who will possess all things. And he's saying, why would you trade him? For the one who was and is not and is to come. So yes, he was. He was. But now he is not. He is not reigning. He is not in control. He is desperately trying to deceive whoever he can on his way to the bottom. They might drag down with ever, whoever he can into the same destruction that he has made for himself. And yes, he is to come, but he's not coming to reign and to be victorious. No, he's, reign he's coming back so that he might be cast into the bottomless pit and might be destroyed. He's saying, like, this city, this house, this beautiful place, it is built on that foundation, the foundation of the beast who is going to be destroyed. It keeps going on. This calls for a mind of wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is and the other has not yet come. When he does come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast who was and is not is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings 
who have not yet received their power. But they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And those with him are called, faith, uh, are called and chosen and faithful. All right, that's what is going on. All right, focus, focus on me. All right. All right, so the seven heads. The seven heads are mountains. They're mountains, and they are kings. These are representations of, of kingdoms. All right. And why are there seven? There's seven because the kingdoms are all of the kingdoms. We said seven is the fullness of the number. And what is he saying? He's saying, all right, we're on number six. There's not that much power left. And the seventh one is going to come for just a little bit and be destroyed, just like the beast, who was and is and is to come. And that kingdom will not last forever. It'll be destroyed as fast as it comes. He's saying, yes, there's this fullness of kings who are going to come and reign, and they have not yet reigned, but they'll reign for one hour. And then they will be destroyed alongside the beast. So it looks like, wow, like the Lady Babylon, look at all the power behind her. She'll, she'll stand forever. He's saying, no. No, all these things are going to be destroyed. Christ is going to come. He is the only Lord of lords and King of kings. And you are called, called and chosen and faithful. You do not want to be part of that city. You do not want to enter it. It's going to crumble at your feet. It is not going to last. It is not going to stay. Do not marvel. Do not be drawn in. It is doomed for destruction. All right. There are things that last and there are things that don't. There are things we invest in and things that we don't. There are things that make it to the inheritance page and things that don't. All right. No one's putting sporks and disposable straws in their wills. No one's investing in those things. No one's saying, wow, I, I, I really just, I'm going to hold this for all eternity. I'm going to pass this down to my children. They'd be stupid. All right, that's what we're talking about. This is a disposable kingdom. This is a kingdom that will not stand. This is a kingdom whose currency will not be useful when Christ comes. It is going to perish. So we do not invest in it. We do not build our lives around it. We do not seek a place in that city. We do not worship those who are, who are high up in that city. We mourn for them because they are trapped in a, in, a, in a place that is doomed. Now, you've probably seen that, that wealth and luxury and those things crumble fast. All right, that's, that's even true now. You can see that those things can, can be gone in a flash. All right, uh, we had these family friends, and they, like, they became extravagantly wealthy through the shipping, shipping business. Okay. Then the anthrax scare started. 
people were sending anthrax in letters to like create fear and they lost everything everything it just it just crumbled into nothing now that happens on a small scale as a picture of this that that happens on on the big scale you cannot take anything with you this kingdom will not stand everything will be lost Babylon has nothing that you can keep. Right. Now it gets worse. Verse 15. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the word of God, the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. All right, what's he saying? He's saying that in the end, it's not just that Babylon's going to be destroyed. No, it's the beast and the kings who support her. They are going to despise her and hate her. Because this beast, he he doesn't care about man. And he has no power that he wants to share. He doesn't share his glory. He doesn't share his kingdom. And what does he ultimately do to to Lady Babylon? He devours her. Like a true beast, he, he eats his young. And he strips her of all the glory that she had. He leaves her open and exposed and shamed. Devours her and burns her with fire. Right? That's not God's judgment. That's the very dragon that she's riding turns upon her. Right. We do not, we do not make pacts with the devil because the devil is not, is not a good Lord. He's not a stable foundation. He doesn't offer anything good. He doesn't offer anything lasting. And ultimately, why is the prostitute there? Just to draw them in that they might be devoured. She was a tool that he used to deceive the nations, to submit to him so he could consume them on his way down to the pit. Now I ask us, do you see Do you see the beast underneath Babylon? Do you believe that he is the one who has the real power? And do you think that there's anything lasting there? We do not want him as a Lord. We do not want to make pacts with him. We do not want to invest in the things that he is trying to build up.
So what is this? This is, this is wealth. This is luxury. This is comfort. This is making a place for ourselves in this world. And that's where it's, it's such a helpful picture because it looks very innocuous to us. Like, oh, I'll, I'll buy this and I'll get that. And, and that house is beautiful and perfect for us. And, and like, we might miss the fact that, that beyond it, it has a face. It has a face that is this, this prostitute calling us to this world as opposed to the world to come. Do you have eyes to see it? Do you believe it? Will you live life differently, knowing that this is the case? Now, what do we do instead? What do we do instead? We are to call to, to come out of Babylon, this city, to flee and run towards a better city when the last. All right, we're going to read some text. It's going to be a lot. We need to plow through. Yes? Okay, 18. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. He called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk and the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality and the kings of earth have committed immorality with her and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she has mixed. As she gloried herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart, she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow and mourning I shall not see. For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. Come out of her. Flee. Flee lest you share in her judgment. Run, run from the next indulgence. Run from this slow creep into materialism and, and luxury and and wake up. Casey and I were talking the other day, we're like, like the car that we have now is so much nicer than the car before, but we thought the car before it was like amazing. And then before that, we were like, wow, I can't believe we have this car. And then we go now and we're like, I can't believe we ever drove around that bucket of rust. And like, I could never like, what happened? I don't know. We became fancy. And like, we all are doing that. And it's just like, oh, like, no, now that's not good enough. And now, now the next thing isn't good enough. And 
Why doesn't it stop? And we're kind of like, we're, we're dragged into Babylon and like, we don't even notice. All right. Why do we keep buying bigger and better and things replace things that, that don't need to be replaced? And why do we have 10 of things and 20 of things and full closets full of things that we, don't, we forget they're there? All right. As we make more money, why do we have more needs, not less? Uh, why is it so easy to trivialize all of the commandments about money and about caring for the poor and of investing in missions and all these things? We're like, oh, those are those are the legalistic ones. That why are they different? Because we're in a culture where they're different, and we don't really believe those ones. And and no, we have to. We we're supposed to live this way and. All right, Babylon, she creeps into our lives. She creeps into the church. She saturates our culture, and, and we cannot make heads or tails of it. What are we told? We're told, flee, run. Don't buy into what the culture said. Like, I have, I have all this money. What should I do with it? And then we look around like, ah, oh, I should buy more stuff. No. no, that's exactly what we shouldn't do. Like that's, saying, run, run from all that. All right, we have more to read. Ready? All right, strap in. And the kings of earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour, your judgment has come. The merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linens, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, Cinnamon, spice, incense, frank, uh, myrrh and frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and slaves, that is, human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. In a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city is like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heavens, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a millstone 
and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and magician, musicians, of flute players and trumpeters, will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. The light of the lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints, and of all who have been slain on earth. Those who love Babylon, what are they left to do? They are left to weep and to mourn. That is their fate. That is their end. We flee from her that we might not share that end. So what do we do? What do we do? All right, we, we flee from her. We don't, we don't flee just to be lost in the wilderness. No, we, we do go into the wilderness. In this life, we are in a great wilderness. And we travel through the desert. We travel without a city. We travel without a home country. We travel without riches. We travel without... All these things strapped to us, dragging us down. And what do we do? We make our way to a better city. In the words of Hebrews, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was received as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward for the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. There is a better city. There's a city that is not built by the, by the beast, that is not built out of sin, that is built by God himself, the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem. And she descends out of heaven. And what is she? She is the bride of Christ. And she is the bride because we, only because he has washed her clean. So yes, all of us, all of us have, have entered into Babylon and all of us have found worth there and life there. And he called us out of it. And he took all of that love of money and love of wealth and prostitution with, with evil. And he washed us clean by his very blood. And he built us up together and presented us to himself without spot, without blemish, perfect and holy, because he died and washed us clean with his blood. And he built for us a better city a better place. Verse 21. Then I saw a new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem 
coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Right? Those who are part of, of Babylon, they weep and they mourn. And those entering the new Jerusalem, what do they do? They, their tears are washed away, never to return. There's no crying or mourning anymore. And where is the one who's a prostitute who is devoured? The other is the bride of Christ who is beloved and adorned, who dwells with her husband for all eternity. And just, just to be clear, gold and pearls and jewels are not evil. And I'm not saying you to, to forsake riches. No, I'm saying that there's, there's one that lasts and one that is destroyed. All right. This new Jerusalem, it's not lacking in gold. Every inch of it is made of gold. Every aspect of it is perfect and, and shining and, and not just gilded, but like pure gold to the, to the core. And there's pearls. You know where the pearls are? Every gate there is like carved from a single pearl. All right, like it's, it's, it's a little overboard in terms of pearls. All right, the whole thing is like built and like everything is gilded with jewels. And Now, do I think that's actually what it's going to look like? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but what's the point? Like he's not withholding anything. It's not that like, uh, no, you need to go live in the desert and your life is going to be terrible. And no, he's saying you get it. Just get it at the right time. And get it not because you allied with evil, but because you, you trusted by faith that Christ would give you the things that he has promised. By grace, you will gain more than you ever could have earned by works and by evil and by sin. We will not enter heaven wishing that we'd smuggled more things out of Babylon. We'll wish that we invested more in the new Jerusalem. And like what, what grace that we get to get to be there when we should be thrown with the idol idolaters and the the fellow sinners, but because of Christ, we are not. All right. Uh, all right. So you don't call this impractical, some practical things. What is money? Money is a tool. And it can build up things in Babylon or things in New Jerusalem. And when you have opportunity, build things in New Jerusalem. Invest in the building of the kingdom. Invest in loving people who cannot and will not love you back. 
invest in the poor, invest in the needy, invest in the in those who do not have a country, who do not have a nation, who do not have a kingdom. Use your money to to find a place there, not here. Okay. You'll have all things when Christ comes. Let us by faith look forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the abundance of your grace in Christ that you lavish upon us in building for us a new city where you are present. And Father, would you shape our hearts that we would be contented with your, with your glory and with your presence, that we would long for it. Lord, that we would love our king. We love that, that we have a city with a sure foundation, which is Christ, which is the, the gospel that has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Lord, would we live out of uh, our citizenship in that city? And would you help us to use money in a way that is pleasing to you, that is wise, that will last for eternity, that is actually shaped by your will and not our culture? Lord, would you rescue us from Babylon? And would you keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, who alone will help us to get to that heavenly city, we pray in Christ's name.